0: Welcome to What The If, or If The What.
1: No, we stick to strict grammatical rule here.
0: Okay. I was just thinking
1: maybe... No, we, 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 we mess with the laws of nature, laws of grammar cannot be.
0: I was just thinking if you cross the equator, is it... Does it go backwards? Does it go the other way? Oh, is, that's entirely possible. Yeah, I, I could accept It's possible. That. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. That is a little tease of our incredible special guest coming up in just one moment. Um, but first, that voice you just heard, the wonderful dulcet tones, of Professor Matthew Stanley of the New York University, coming to you. I always wanted to say that, (laughs) just some old radio thing you always do when you teach
1: my class in the rainbow room, I'll do that. That's no
0: problem. That'd be fantastic. Yes, yes. You are on break now, I assume, summer break? Uh, Oh, that's true, yeah. -hmm. Yes, yes, that's good. And how are things? Um,
1: uh, Acceptable. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I like that. All all nominal, nominal. Mm -hmm. We also have uh, someone far more positive than nominal, uh, Gabby Panicia. From Rockefeller University. Oh, now that's where the Rainbow Room is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. NYU has just like uh, I don't know the uh, the Peppermint Lounge or something or the Pyramid Club, um, the Palladium. So, uh, Gabby, how are you? How are things? You are a virologist at Rockefeller University, and recently, what is it called? Appro- approved, qualified? I am a
2: PhD of- candidate. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I've completed everything but my dissertation, which of course is going to be the next. God yeah, knows how many years of my no life. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: Right. And that's what they call this. So they call that ABD. Is that right? Mm-hmm. ABD, yeah. all but dissertation. As a candidate, do you have to go out and? Sh- Does that mean you shake hands? Is it like a rope line? I, do you have to?
2: I mean, that would be maybe. I I defended mine over Zoom, so mm-hmm. I, I had a I had a very pandemic defense. So maybe in in the. Right. The better world, there's more fanfare. I've never heard of the fanfare, but maybe that's the secret.
0: Um. Well, speaking of the world, we are now taking you all the way around the world to Sydney, to Macquarie University in Sydney, where the wonderful Dr. Vanessa Parada, marine scientist, is joining us again. How are you?
3: Hey, everyone. I thought I'd be very Australian in my introduction. I am very well, thank you. And it's so wonderful to be talking to you all from the future. It is a day ahead of you when we're recording this, and I, I can tell you the world is still a beautiful place in some areas.
1: <laughs> we're not sure what areas
0: those are, but somewhere out there. And none of them are near us in, in New York. Um so in the future, in fourteen hours from now, there may be drop bears. I've just learned about drop bears.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Drop bears. In an Australian future
0: that drops on you from a from a height.
3: Yeah, your listeners need to be aware. When we open up our borders and you come to visit us in Australia, you really do need to watch out of those drop bears because they can appear at any time. So just it's worth a good good Google. Yeah,
0: <laughs> there's no. And it's a real thing, right? This is not just something you'd say to scare the kids. No, it's no, an no. This is, this is- drops out of a. Well, I mean, Vanessa's a PhD biologist. Yeah. She wouldn't kid. No, she that. wouldn't ever. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, this is peer reviewed, peer reviewed terrorizing. <laughs> the,
1: <laughs> the Journal of <laughs> Drop Bear <laughs> Research. Yeah. <laughs> sure
0: JDB. <laughs> yeah. 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 The drop bear, Con- drop bear conventions have got to be yeah. hilarious, you know. Um, wonderful. And yeah, for those of you who who are new to, Dr. Parada, uh, I encourage you to go to our website, which, by the way, I encourage you to go to at any time whattheif.com. You can find all our episodes there. You can also find them, of course, in the whatever the app you're listening to right now. Uh, all the episodes are usually right there. You just scroll down. But if you go to the website, we actually have been this kind of new. I added a thing where you can click on guests at the top. There's one thing for all episodes. You can see that, but nothing. You can click on guests and you just see all our guests. Amazing. Look for Vanessa's amazing. Episodes. Um, I'll just say whale snot. Whale snot features that's all you need to know. Heavily in Vanessa's origin story.
3: <laughs> Thank you. One must know about whale snot, and it is a thing. Mm-hmm. And
0: mm-hmm. in Australia, I assume does whale does whale snot go the other way down the drain? Well,
3: yeah, I haven't actually done a scientific study on that.
0: Matt, is that a myth? No, or, or Vanessa, does water actually go around the other way? When it goes down um, the drain in Australia. It, it,
1: it is the fact that Coriolis forces are opposite in the, the southern hemisphere. So like tropical storms, for instance, spin in opposite directions. But Coriolis force happens on the scale of miles. Um, so which way the water spins down a drain has much more to do with the drain than what hemisphere you're in. So so it's I, I label
0: it as half myth. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and if you have a miles wide toilet, you have uh, bigger issues.
3: So that Simpsons episode is not correct, or, you know, I grew up with that
1: episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Generally, I defer to the Simpsons on all matters scientific, um, (laughs) except for large-scale fluid dynamics in this case.
2: (laughs) Everything (laughs) else,
1: though. Everything else. Mm -hmm.
0: So this, today, uh, goes out to um, the great Scott Manley. Scott Manley, who uh, talks about rockets on um, YouTube. Uh, he's, He's... channel is just called scott manley he is absolutely fantastic um and uh but one time on twitter he just asked unrelated completely unrelated to rockets i assume um but uh, i think he had just seen a picture of a whale or something he was just musing out loud and he asked um you know what imagine a whale lives in a medium water that is not breathable for them uh, they are mammals just like we are. And, and so they have to go up and, and Vanessa is going to help us understand more about this, the science of it. But like they have to go up and breathe every some number of minutes. And he said, well, imagine that. Uh, that. And that was it. That was it. It was just an imagine that. And that is, boy, if you want to if you want to get an ifer excited, that's what we are. People who ask what what the if. Yeah. All of you are listening now are ifers. Um, and we are about to engage in some serious ifing. Um, you ask a question like that, and so, so I imagined, um, what if we had that experience? See, and then I immediately knew that this was something we had to get on. on the horn, as we say, to find out how this would play out, and that is what the if. humans who live in air, as we do, had to breathe by sticking our head in the ocean or some kind of water. We will have to figure that out. It's a topsy-turvy world as befitting our trans-global, uh, cross-global uh, communication here today. So... Mm, yeah. So it's kind of a double reverse analogy in a way, I suppose. So, um, Vanessa, why don't you help us? Uh, let, let's begin just briefly with what the 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 uh, what do you call the the begin when you go to make an analogy, the source of it before we flip it.
3: We could start with the, the, the biology, maybe, of of whales for your listeners. So I'm assuming there'd be some very clever listeners that listen to this podcast, but there might be some people who aren't marine experts, so that's completely fine. That's what they're here to listen to, to, be, to learn about drop bears <laughs> and learn about whale snot, but more, why don't we go down to whale biology 101 and how they breathe. So whales are mammals like you and I they breathe air. So they need to breathe like what we're doing. In fact, this is a really cool fact coming up right now. You're not even aware of it, but you're automatically breathing. We don't actively have to think about what we're doing right now. We are just listening, whether you're driving a car, you're exercising, or you're just chilling and you're listening to this podcast. You're not even thinking about breathing, you're doing it. So what we refer to as we are automatic breathers. In contrast, whales, they need to consciously, actively think about breathing.
0: Oh, I didn't even realize.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like this, being a conscious breather changes the way you do things. You can't fully go into a, a complete sleep. You need to have part of your mind awake. So you're looking out for danger, but also... You remember to breathe. And so for a whale, they need to physically come to the surface to breathe. And unlike us, when we go swimming, we have to bring our face and our mouth right up to the surface. It's kind of bulky and, okay, I'm breathing now. But for a whale, man, evolution has just streamlined that activity. It's like having an inbuilt snorkel. So if you're going snorkeling, you've got that snorkel that goes up so you don't have to lift your face out of the water. You can keep looking at what's down below. Oh, there's a shark. Oh, yeah, there's a, a, a fish. That kind of thing is awesome. So for a whale, they've got an inbuilt, their, their anatomy brings their nose to the top of their head so they don't actually have to bring their eyes or their face out of the water. They can just take a, a breath of fresh air on the run or on the swim, so to speak.
0: <laughs> that is, wait, so do they breathe while they're asleep?
3: Um, not generally. So, so if they, it, it depends. So that's a really good question. You're testing me out here. So if a whale, cause whales sleeping, if, if, if I know of many whales that will take a breath and then they hang vertically and they don't actually breathe until they, they come up to take a breath, well, obviously that's a sperm whale. So they'll just hang like little vertical buses. Think of a bus hanging out in the middle of the water vertically. Um, and then and then you've got the humpback whale that might come up, take a breath and then hang diagonally or actually hang at the bottom of the water with the, of the sea with its little arms, pectoral flippers, just slightly resting on the sand and then whoop, they need to come up. Mm. Or you can have some whales that will log, that's right, log, L-O-G, where they will hang at the top of the water, at the surface rather. and Great. They can have a little bit of a kip or a rest there and then just, conveniently take a bit of fresh air as they need.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So that means that the first thing we have to imagine being is um, conscious breathers. Now, if you do meditation or there, right there, there's um, kinds of exercises where you have, and I have done some of these by the way, like uh, I was taking yoga for a while and, you know, you learn to sit and then, Or meditation, right? And you say, count your breaths, one sort of basic exercise you can begin with. I swear, it took me years just to get to the point to be able to count my breaths, which means being conscious about it, and not stop breathing. Not messing up, right? Or it was just like so weird. It was like walking and chewing gum at the same time. Um, Now I can do it, which is interesting. But uh, Breathing is hard, no question. Yeah, breathing is, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, conversely, once Vanessa mentioned that whales have to think about their breathing, I stopped breathing the way I normally would, and now I'm actively (laughs) thinking too much about it, which I think is also a detriment if you're an organism that has to think about breathing, because if you're thinking too much about it, you're probably going to mess it up, like me sitting here trying to remember to breathe.
0: (laughs) It's a sign that the whales are more intelligent than we are. I mean, for sure.
2: of course. Yeah, and that's actually...
1: I mean, do we have any sense of what? I don't know how to quite how to say this. What goes on in the whale's head? Are they like cruising along and they're like, oh, time to go breathe, and then they go up and take a breath and then go back to whatever it was they were doing, or is it a, or is it like us when we're underwater when all of a sudden we're like, oh my god, I gotta breathe right now, um, and we hurl ourselves to the the surface. Oh,
3: good question. Um, I mean,
1: I don't know if we can actually get inside the head of a whale, but oh,
3: well, not. Mentally, but physically we can once they're past. I've done that many of time, um, but that's just creepy. <laughs> 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 but the, the thing is, with a sperm whale, for example, these animals will be at the surface and these are the largest toothed whales. If you're thinking Moby Dick, this is the whale, this is the whale that you know the books are written about. Okay. Sperm whale, that their, their head's very square. They're they're the ones that produce whale vomit, which is the undigested squid beaks. They're the ones that have one nostril that sexy. That yeah, that it appears. Anyway, these animals they'll take a breath and then they'll dive vertically in some places to deep canyons. Down, down, down. And they'll go where it's completely dark. They'll use echolocation. So <laughs> being able to use sound to have uh, if there's something there the echoes will bounce back so sing in the dark and then these animals assuming would feed for a bit of time so they can hold their breath for over an hour and then it would be that breath that would probably dictate when they go yeah, okay it's time to probably come up unlike us would go i need to take a breath right now these whales would be like yeah my dive time's in mm-hmm. the really up that's right. uh Change direction. Let's go on up. You know, that's what I would assume without anthropomorphizing it okay. too much. Interesting.
0: Now, I'm going to guess my, this tells you more about me than about whales or, or science, but I'm going to guess it's more like going to the bathroom, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, you're going to do it periodically, right? But you don't, and you have to do it consciously. I mean, you could try to hold out, but eventually it's not going to work for you. Um, and it's like, you know, so it's like, Two whales are having a conversation, you know, where they're singing together, right? And then it's like, hang on, I'll, I'll be right back. I got to go breathe, right? I go and they breathe and they come back. That That's how I imagine.
2: Well, and like a sleeping whale remembering to breathe, having to pee does wake you up. Uh, well, so, that's, a good, that's, that's a good analogy. Yeah, that I like seems like a pretty good analogy. But the thing mm-hmm. is, having to pee in a whale's world,
3: that'd be the equivalent of us just peeing in our bed because, well, they pee wherever, right? But, but, but... <laughs> <laughs> This is me thinking way too much about it. Like. I,
0: I, then I must have been part whale when I was a kid. <laughs> I was a kid. Yeah, when I was a kid, I think I was part whale. But, um, but okay, so I, I'm compelled to ask before, and, then, and then move on. Um, the whales are mammals. And so the idea is that they started out on land, right? And went back, you know, well, like we theoretically came out of the water and then became mammals, air breathing. And then they Went back into the water. Why did they be? That's the interesting thing, right? They be all other mammals, I'm assuming, are automatic breathers, or maybe I'm wrong.
3: With that. Yeah, well, I'm I'm I could be wrong here as well. But the so, if I think when I think about a good comparison for a land mammal and a whale, we think of the hippopotamus and they're that kind of hybrid. So, the, even their biology, you've got their nose. When they come up to the surface of the water, you can see their nose is beautifully aligned with their eyes. So everything that they need to do happens at the surface. So they can look around. They can breathe. Yep. Check. Roger. Yep. Jack's over there. Copy. All right, let's go down. They go down. You know what I mean? Everything's done. It's very, whereas for a whale, it's like their eyes have, They've well evolved for the aquatic environment that their eyes will see really well underwater. So and I we used to work with sea lions and this is a really great example because the sea lions' eyes they they can see above water and below, but the equivalent for us to be able to see underwater is we need that pocket of air when we have a mask on to be able to see between the two environments. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's all about that adaptation and, and how whales really became that key rock star of the mammal world in the ocean is just blow blows your mind as to how well adapted they are. I mean these are mammals that if they come out of water, yeah they'll still breathe, but they'll probably die as a result of overheating because they're so efficient at warming their body.
0: oh wow.
3: And their weight. They've yeah. never felt their weight before.
0: Mm. Wow, that is fascinating. Yeah. I also and I can imagine that the um again in, in terms of respect and saying maybe they're smarter or more evolved, so to speak, uh, is that this wasn't, it was helpful for them to say, you know what, let's like these exercises that you do in meditation. I mean, theoretically, (laughs) the idea is that you would actually learn to control your breath. Right. And that allows you to become like David Blaine or somebody, you know, who's wants to (laughs) slow down their breathing so they can survive in a box because who doesn't and get paid for it. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyway, it's like, you know, yeah, I want to be able to Take charge of this, not be prisoner to this automatic uh, breathing thing. Yeah,
2: I think Vanessa brings up a great point about adaptation, though. So we are, in this scenario, human beings who have to breathe in water as opposed to mammals with lungs who have to breathe air. Um, So forgive me to go in a little soapbox about gas exchange, um, but the really interesting thing about how gas exchange in lungs, so to say ours, whales, lungs... Basically, any mammal's lungs works is that, in a manner of speaking, we are breathing water, heavy air quotes. So, oxygen dissolves very well in water. It's why our lungs are wet, um, because it actually mediates the exchange of carbon dioxide from our blood and getting new, fresh oxygen in. It winds up being a good medium for that. So, if we are now people who have to breathe water, it means we specifically need, we specifically have a gas exchange system which requires more water than we would have internally in sort of a mucous membrane. So this means that we're probably going to be people with gills. So for context, how gills work is that gills are essentially blood vessels that are in contact with water. There's a lot of them. It's why gills are very red. And if you've ever accidentally gill hooked a fish while fishing, it bleeds a lot because there's a lot of blood there. Um, And so the deoxygenated blood is brought to the surface of the water, and it comes in contact with, you know, the the oxygenated water, and then new oxygen comes into the blood and is pushed back through the fish, um, and then makes its circuit, and then the deoxygenated blood is pushed back, you know, to the gills again. So we would probably have to have some kind of exposed-ish gill thing. I'd imagine we develop some way to clamp it shut so it doesn't dry out, uh, that, or we get really good at making lip balm. Um, but right, well, it's it like creature from the black
0: lagoon kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And and Harry Potter. Uh, I know I'm a bit of a Harry Potter nerd, but you remember when? Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. When Harry, like he takes that that um, Longbottom gives him Neville Longbottom, who turned out to be really hot. Sorry, later on, um, he had that <laughs> he had that that um, whatever plant that was. I'm not a good biologist right now.
0: You mean in the later in, in the later novels? Later, he became very hot.
3: Yes, that's yes. right. And sorry if anyone's not read Harry Potter yet, but you've been living under a rock.
0: <laughs> Spoiler, Neville is not. Yeah.
3: And he has those gills and then they're webbing, like uh, that's what I'm kind of picturing here now. Is would that be fair to say? Mm-hmm. All
0: right. That sounds right.
3: I think yeah. so, yeah.
0: And so um, interestingly, we did evolve from water, right? So mm-hmm. this, this could theoretically be possible, right? This might have happened. Um, and, but the funny thing is that we have to return to the water. Now, the whale in living in water, it's, there's a, whole, it's a whole lot more convenient. I mean, the, first of all, there's buoyancy and they just have to go up. Pretty much anywhere they are, they just go up and they'll hit the surface and there it is. For us, <laughs> Vanessa, <laughs> what do you imagine happening? Like, what would this mean? I, I don't know. We have to go to the beach and like.
3: <laughs> well, if you're, in, if you're in New York and and you know Rockefeller Center, I'm I'm being the Australian. That's that. I can picture when I was in New York. You guys are taking me back many of those years of lovely world where you could travel anywhere. But if you're in the middle of New York and you needed <laughs> to breathe water, what would you do? Would you run to the nearest dunny or toilet? As Americans call it, you know, toilet. We call it dunny. <laughs> No way. Yes. I love this <laughs> cross-culture. I would oh. rather, I
0: mean, you're going to die either way.
3: Yeah, you could.
1: Gonna... <laughs> oh. Actually, I mean, I think that suggests a, a, a major a major adaptation to our current architectural systems, exactly. right? Uh, exactly. Yeah. See? At the, at the very least, as frequently as we have bathrooms, we would have breathing tanks, right? Just tanks of water in somebody's office.
0: So, yeah, how, how frequently does, uh, I know there's many different kinds of whales. So, how much time do you think would go? How long could would we generally go? Well,
3: well, this is a good question. This comes up against anatomy and physiology. So, us as being an adult, our lung Mm -hmm. capacity—so, how much air we can fit in our lungs of our size—would probably be around six liters. Whereas, for a whale, they can have a huge lung capacity of over a thousand liters. So, these are—you can think of kind of like having a really big, heavy SUV that's a, or a big truck like you guys call it, call it and these guys can have a big tank that goes long long mm-hmm. places whereas us as humans we're kind of like the little four-cylinder oh no we are and no, i would say that's probably more efficient than what i'm talking about what i'm trying to say is that we would need something well, no we have to breathe we have to Quickly, we would have some. Ins- yeah. We would we would need some sort of insurance because we need to breathe more, breathe more rapidly to make sure that we make that distance that we want to go. So I would I would say that we'd need to have these yeah. little masks on, that are filled of water, like having fish tanks on top of our head.
0: Yeah, it's basically. You know, I, I would think a very close analogy is just that when we go scuba diving, exactly. Yeah. You know that this is that equivalent that we would. So. Um, What now? Why would this be that we would have to put our heads in the water? Oh, I guess that's because that's the only way our body functions. It never switched over from whatever a fish.
3: That's it, or if a fish method, it wouldn't happen in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So, Matt, what were you going to say? It would have to. I was going to
1: say I'm I'm wondering what kind of evolutionary pressures might um, make it useful for us to develop that adaptation. Um, I don't know if we have a sense of what got the whales back in the water.
2: Well, maybe it's something, I mean, to say, I think if I remember correctly for whales, it was something about like prey. Like they had a, they could, like there was more food in the water. Vanessa, you can tell me if I'm wrong about that. But I was just thinking for us, I mean, let's go the apocalypse scenario. Maybe the (laughs) air is unbreathable and the water is more breathable. And so gradually over the millions of years in which we are wrecking The Earth, uh, humanity decides, let's get gills, man. And uh, (laughs) that works out better. That is
1: interesting. All right. That is interesting.
2: Very timely. We
1: have to shout out here to the Kevin Costner classic film, uh, Waterworld, Mm -hmm. uh, in which precisely this thing happens, environmental disaster, and then Kevin Costner gets gills, and that ruins his (laughs) movie career.
0: (laughs) Oh, he got gills in Waterworld?
1: Yeah. That's the I that's that. the big that's the big uh, twist at the end, as I recall.
2: Spoiler. Spoiler <laughs> <but> <laughs> right. yeah, for, the other for
1: hand, any human who will ever watch Waterworld again.
0: That's a service. <laughs> you, now, now you don't have to watch Waterworld. Matt is Matt is a hit for the team. Um, so that means we would, I, let's begin at least before we got better at it. Uh, we would walk around basically like scuba, with scuba equipment, except in our tanks is water with air in it and not just
3: air. That that would that Is would that be yes. Yes. It would be the other way. So thinking of like the old school scuba diving gear and then you just have it completely filled with water. So the complete opposite of what it would do.
2: <laughs> or we might have some aeration equipment. I'm just personally thinking of my goldfish's fish tank kind of behind me. That maybe there's some system in our scuba gear that it's a set amount of water, but then it has to keep recycling so that we don't dump out the the deoxygenated water. And then, you know, I mean, of course, this is still technically not using the scenario that we just proposed because if the air is unbreathable, then the oxygen wouldn't really go back in. Um, But So Yeah, yeah, the question is what fish filter?
0: What happened? I guess here's here's I realize some gap in my knowledge. What happens when a fish, why can't a fish breathe in air? So the whales, it was a different story. They can breathe in air, you mentioned, right? But of course, the problem is just that the weight and they're they're not, their bodies are not designed for all the things that happen when you come out of water. So if we take that away from the fish, let's say, but why can't a fish, can a fish breathe out of water? It seems not, but.
3: Some can for a period of time. Uh, Like uh, the lung fish. Yes, and Do tell. Uh, oh, the, yep. the, well, the lungfish are kind of like those prehistoric animals that can actually, uh, for a period of time, and I'm not a lungfish expert, listeners, but these animals are kind of like the prehistoric kind of go between being a fish and being on land versus being in the water. Their flippers are uh, uh, like yep. paddles, but also they can manoeuvre themselves on land if they need to go between ponds so to speak so that's kind of maybe what we're going to that kind of transitional animal or mud skippers they can be out of water for a little bit um love mudskippers. yeah they're cool so there's all these kind of hybrid animals that I'm mm. thinking of right now to address these kind of questions but we do know that fish need that water to have that as we were speaking about before with the 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 Reoxygenate the, the, the deoxygenated and you, you did a really great speak about talk about this Gabby with the the blood coming up the blood vessels near the surface. So
0: is it like for the fish the 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 in other words, they want the oxygen ultimately but in in outside of the water is it almost like there's too much?
2: So their gills dry out. So their gills dry out. So they need the water for oxygen exchange. And as long as there's new water around, there's more oxygen that they can draw from. It is, however, why a fish out of water will sometimes survive a surprisingly long amount of time relative to a human being. Because a human being underwater at a certain point is going to go, I need to breathe, their mouth is going to open and their lungs are going to fill with water, which even if you get them on land, you have to get the water out of their lungs in order for that gas exchange Mm -hmm. to start again. A fish, the gills just have to get wet again, um, which is why there are sometimes stories of people reviving goldfish that have leapt out of their tanks or betta fish that have leapt out of their tanks after a shockingly long amount of time where or, or they thought the fish was totally dead, but they run it under the tap and the fish is fine again.
3: I just, I just immediately thought of this because I used to work with dolphins as well and um, I remember that one of the ways people would hydrate them is by putting a, a tube down their, their, their throat, Um, this is, you know, veterinarian practices. But the reason you could do that so easily is because they don't have a gag Mm. reflex. Whereas us as humans, we have this gag reflex. So if something is obstructed in our um, throat, we, we can automatically get it out to clear it. So we have that opportunity for our lungs to breathe. But here's the other thing. And I will call upon Disney's Pixar. Finding Nemo. We've all been there. <laughs> We've all seen Finding Nemo. And I talk about this in my TEDx talk, so I don't, well, I'm going to spoil it. But, you know, when you see Dory's dad, no, Dory and Marlin, which is Nemo's dad, they're swallowed by the whale off Sydney. This is very appropriate for me to be talking about this because right now it's the whale migration. And these, these fish are swallowed. And then all of a sudden, miraculously, they pop out of the nostrils. Now, I'm really sorry, but anatomically, that does not happen. You cannot, A, be swallowed by a whale and pop out through their nostrils. The two systems are not like us. It's completely separate. So once you go down the air hole, you're definitely going to the lungs. There's no option to go down in the esophagus. Mm -mm. And I also should say you probably would have heard about the man who got swallowed by a humpback whale recently, that diver.
0: I was curious about that, yeah.
2: I did not.
3: Well, <laughs> you have been under a rock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, actually, she was. She was preparing for her. Uh, yeah. Yeah, preparing for her exams. Yeah.
3: Sorry. Yeah, you're 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 doing a your PhD, so completely understand that. But essentially, this guy was, you know, doing his. He was a diver doing his thing, and apparently, a <laughs> whale came up and engulfed him. Is which the whale was probably targeting some other prey. Um, you could not. Physiologically get, be swallowed by a humpback whale, their esophagus is only 30 centimeters for so a school ruler. So there is no way he's going through that unless he's poking his head in. So there's whole, there's, we all need to go back to whale biology, but. So it was fake? No, well, he, he was inside the mouth for sure, but he didn't technically get swallowed. But the, the adaptations for us as air breathing animals is really amazing. We've got all these things in check to make sure that if it's something in there, that <coughs> we cough, <laughs> we, we, we bring it up, we, we we vomit what we need to do and then it's cleared. You know what I mean? There's, we've got so many things in our body has been well equipped for this breathing right. situation. So to turn it around the other way. Would it be that we lose that gag reflex? We have an, uh, a huge supply of water where if we go into a store, oh, how, hi, how are you today? And one moment, you know, take a sip, that kind of thing, or a breath of fresh of, of water. It just flips everything around.
0: That's right. I figured out what it is. So it, you were talking about Rockefeller Center and for those who... Even if you don't know. So, in the middle of Rockefeller Center is a gigantic skyscraper. It's basically a big, big old office building. And I don't know why I had an image of, like, well, how does this work inside that office building? In those offices, what's happening? And I realized that I think what it is is just that the offices, the water is, goes up to everybody's neck. I think we just lit, right? Why not create? <laughs> so, we, we, we live kind of at the surface so that we can just duck under, right? And then get our breath and then keep talking. And um, so I think I think that's what's happening. So, by the way, also just for a fun image, inside that same building is uh, the television studio for Saturday Night Live, which I assume mm-hmm. you may see around the world. So imagine, you know, now that whole show is done with water up to people's necks. You know, it's just, but it's just normal. Of course, that it is. That's, yeah, that's not the funny part. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it is. Um, it's interesting, right? Because we would basically, it's as if we left the ocean and but we liked being in the ocean. This reminds me of the uh, the bee arc, the people in uh, hitchhiker's Guide. the one who yes, the right. captain the captain is always in the bath. <laughs> All right. And he he has a bath that he goes everywhere in his <laughs> bathtub and with his little rubber ducky. Um, but yeah, we basically just create, you know, um, everything we do. So you get in a car and it's just everything wherever we go, for some reason we like our head out of the water in the air. Um but uh, otherwise, we're, we're traveling around. Um, does that seem? Yeah.
2: Can I offer one yes, insane yes, 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 thought? Please.
0: That's why we're here.
2: So this makes, this makes space travel really interesting. Um, because the problem about being in water in no gravity is um, that you would need to run a current constantly to move the deoxygenated water oh. away from you. Or you would suffocate in a deoxygenated bubble.
0: Of oh, so, so your water. office, like your office, which is full of water up to your neck, that the air would get used up. And that's what you mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or like if you know you had some inverse uh, astronaut helmet where instead of air in it, there's water <laughs> in it. As you are floating yeah. and doing your EVA yeah. walk, you would need to have a for that.
1: I like that. that so I should say this comes up be- in David Brin's the um, sci-fi series, The Uplift. Series um, oh, wow. in which human beings have uh, sort of surgically uh, intervened with dolphin evolution, such that dolphins are sentient, and they take the dolphins with them on their space adventures. Um, and there's always this sort of tension: whether it's a dolphin ship that has human crew, in which case it's full of water. And the humans have to walk have to go around in scuba gear, or if it's a human ship full of air and the dolphins have to go around. Um and it's kind of a it's a fun series overall, but I particularly enjoy that kind of tension.
0: It's like a cultural thing. Yeah, I don't want to bother you. Yeah. 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 It's good fun. So so Vanessa, how do you see this? What what's the next step? How would we if we continue? Are are there this is probably this is a hard question, but I imagine, are, is to what degree does the need to breathe affect the, let's say, the whale's daily ritual or something like that? It's like, it, with us, with something more complicated, these things become, you know, huge parts of our evolution, right? It's like, oh, the bar, you know, or the, I don't know, the watering hole becomes the big social, you know, a lot of social advancement happens because everybody has to come to the watering hole. Um are, are there things about whales that it's like because they breathe that it this is how the whole their system
3: Well the system, system is so social it's, system it's, or they do everything under the water. They just live forever having something on top of their head, so to speak, which is the opportunity to live via via air. So I guess one of the ways that they, and because they travel off huge geographical areas, I mean, whales don't recognise international borders. They're capable of swimming thousands of kilometres a year. They just, you know, do what they have to do, float around, and they, I guess it's just, it's always there. It's always hanging over their heads, so to speak, the fact that they need to breathe, and that's just that way they, they get on and do their thing. It's just, it's, they don't even think it's not, it's nothing for them. Like if we think about a whale, like what we're doing now, like, again, we've probably forgotten that we're breathing, but we are breathing. It's that's probably the equivalent right, I'm assuming. Right, it's kind right. of hard to like, and I'm always very cautious of anthropomorphizing these things with whales, but it does dictate, it does dictate a lot of what they do. Or it's like, I don't know. If,
0: right, right. There were, back in the day, it used to be that you could smoke in bars yeah I don't know it, it, in Australia can you do you no. smoke? In, or did they that's cut and <laughs> it's cut exactly right here too so but there was a time <laughs> growing up right where where you smoked a bar. and and I remember you go in especially as a kid right or if I would find myself there anyway you walk into a bar and it's like ah oh, the cigarette smoke is so thick you know and I remember hanging out with friends and thinking every once in a while I had to go Some people went out to smoke, which I always thought was hilarious. But, you know, you had to go out and like step out on the sidewalk, chat with a friend for a little bit, reoxygenate, and then go back in. Um, Yeah, I I could see that kind of thing.
3: But the the other thing is while you're thinking about that, um, last year, the year before in Australia, we had bushfires that were terrible, so bad, and that literally limited how we were able to breathe outside. We, we would not, we were advised not to go outside. So we had, I mean, my dad lives in Canberra, the capital of Australia, and his air conditioning system uses the fresh air to air condition his house. He couldn't use that. We were, maybe this is the scenario that's close to what we're talking about, where we're all captive. We've got a pocket of air that we've got to breathe, or in this case, a pocket of water. How long can one sustain it? it's that kind of scenario and you feel kind of, you feel really trapped. Mm. Yeah. Right? Mm. yeah. So maybe this whole scenario might lead us to becoming, well, you know, screw this office building. Who cares about the Rockefeller Center? Let's just go to the ocean. But then while we can breathe, how does the rest of our body adapt to this? Like being wet all the time. Our skin's designed to be dry, you know?
0: Well, it's interesting too. Then of course, all these things would happen that our aesthetics, you know, gills would be like, we'd really be aware of. Yeah. Ah, those gills, those are nice gills, you know.
2: I have another weird adaptation yeah. question. So with whales what enables them to stand underwater longer is it lung capacity or a hemoglobin thing so hemoglobin is the oxygen binding molecule yeah, yeah. In so their life.
3: physiology so there's some really great research with seals and sea lions done on this so yes there are some particularly some species that we have more knowledge about but hemoglobin some whales are very very efficient at transporting oxygen around their body especially for those deep diving animals so we've got the longest breath hold of any whale is known as a beaked whale so the Cuvier's beaked whale and i believe it's 137 minutes that it can hold its breath which is pretty amazing and so these animals are just cuz you, you know the deeper yeah. you go there's pressure and so your organs become squished it's all squished there's so much pressure going on that they they need to be able to effectively do things with A, um, a reduce minimal air supply, or what they have, and and B, making use of doing other things while they're on a a time budget because they're hunting and looking for things, so food specifically. So there's a number of things going on, and these animals, wherever they can, physiologically-wise, if I could pronounce that correctly, need to be adapted for that kind of activity.
0: That's interesting. If they can breathe, the one who can breathe 100, or can go 137 minutes without breathing could watch Avatar without breathing. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. I it wouldn't even have. I can't even go, you know, very... without a bite of popcorn.
2: <laughs> that's good. And they wouldn't need to worry about going to the toilet.
3: Yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: See, this leads me to think about really cool things, though, about how this might change human culture if we had much yeah. greater breath capacity or much greater blood oxygen abilities. Because one... You might be pretty good at sports. The collective sports ability of human beings might increase if we are more efficient at transporting oxygen to our organs. And two, the amount of power (laughs) balance that would come out based on the fact that a human being is now able to hold, like has a much greater lung capacity, you could just hold a note forever. I know. All three singers.
3: Oh,
0: my God. Yeah, I was thinking Tenacious D, but that is a, because you live in Ooh. Sydney, you have the opera. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> that is...
2: Yeah, opera would be insane. Wow, that
0: is so cool. Or I was thinking even there, there becomes a sport, like the Olympic sport of of holding your breath, for instance, or, or, or not holding your breath without water.
3: And the yeah. Olympic sport of breaking how many glasses can an opera singer break for a period of time.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Right.
3: <laughs>
0: yes. that isn't way. now our chemistry th- this one thing i love about what the if is is the sort of in fact the thing i'm i love the most is when we find something that's kind of small or something we, is not necessarily intuitive that has huge ramifications so um w- w- it sounds like if i understand correctly our chemistry would have to change somehow in other words beyond um is that true? And and if so, how would then that affect all other things in, in our body?
3: Yeah. So if your, if your body had to, yeah, so it seems like, no, 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 you go, you go, you're, I love hearing you,
2: you speak about this stuff. It's great. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, it would just change a bit of your, your biochemistry and the way that your body designs proteins um, to essentially make the most use of uh, the oxygen that you have. And, you know, Vanessa was talking about that the whales have evolved this. And so we might do something similarly, especially since we're mammals. We've got more or less the same genetic toolkit with some tweaks.
0: Right. So so for how would it affect what we eat? Would it affect um, what would our bodies, would our muscle beyond gills, would our bodies evolve differently? Like I can imagine us developing much bigger lungs.
3: Yeah. The lung capacity thing would have to go up. For sure, because right now, six liter lung capacity of an average adult is pretty puny. It's not, there's not much. So we would need to be more efficient and also have a bigger storage tank, so to speak, of our lung capacity.
0: Yeah. So what we, we would look like, we would just have enormous, everybody would be like barrel chested. <laughs>
3: yeah. Our ribs would have to change as well if you were thinking of the lung capacity. So physiologically.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So take us further. Take, take this. So what's... <laughs> What do we, what do we look like? We have a picture now of, uh, Sydney. People are walking around. What do they look like?
3: Uh, Well, they kind of look like, um, webbed.
0: Uh, They're not necessarily walking. They may be, they may be doing like a dog paddle because the water is up to their neck. So global warming, for instance, rising sea level, not a problem.
3: maybe Maybe it'd be like us wearing floaties, you know, when a kid has floaties on their, their lungs are just so inflated. That they they can rest their arms on their lungs, oh, that kind of thing, you know. Yes. But that's I'm just breathing. I've just got a bit of extra gas here to, uh, or, or, or or water rather.
0: <laughs> amazing, amazing. So inside the Sydney oh. Opera House, everyone is gathered, right? And this this society is gathered for an opera, for the opera. And um, what's the what what's the whole setup? I mean, what are we what would we have to see? I'm imagining almost a little bit like the Poseidon adventure or something. It's like half full of ocean water.
3: Yeah, yeah Everyone's got tridents.
1: Yeah, because if somebody's going to have to sit still for a whole for a whole symphony or a whole opera, you're going to need water nearby, right? So, in between each seat, there's going to be a, a tank for dunking your head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is probably also good because if our ribs and lungs are getting bigger, we can't pack the seats in as tightly either.
2: <laughs> so maybe it's kind of a
1: social distancing thing.
2: Or we do it there's just the giraffe thing and we get longer vertebra. So that way our lungs are lower relative to the rest of us. So we start looking like uh, oh god, what planet are the the, the prequel Star Wars aliens on? They're the ones that make the clones that are just super long necks. Camino. Yes. Yeah. We are we are just giant rotund Camino people with
0: or like egrets or something, right? Because we can just dip our heads into water and very gracefully. Yeah, see, that is good. Um, and uh, by the way, the sound of the, the sound of the audience could not be worse than the audience at. I, I won't speak for Sydney, Australia. The people there are probably very refined. Lincoln Center in New York City. If you go to the Philharmonic or the Opera, the sound is like a excuse me, an effing barnyard with the old people. Hush! <laughs> In the middle of the, right, and, and, you know, anytime there's a, they they try to hold their, their whatever their guttural needs um, until the end of a movement of the symphony, right? And then it gets quiet, and then you just hear, ah! <laughs> it's terrible, it's terrible. So, um, but I imagine this was this was how it would sound with all these people sucking water constantly throughout the opera. They'd just be used to it, right? Um,
2: oh my god! Wait, I just had a thought. We. Would have to develop an entirely new way to talk, wouldn't we?
0: Oh, tell us. Yes.
2: Yeah, I mean, because if we're normally breathing air, we use air to, that gets pushed past mm. our vocal cords, our larynx, or something like that, which is how we generate sound. So. Yes, that's a great question. Vanessa, whales, how is their song mechanism? Working? It differs
3: between baleen whales, toothless, versus whales that have teeth. So you think of dolphins, sperm whales. So the ones, I'll start with the sperm whale. They use high-frequency sounds, so they echolocate. And dolphins, they hear the sounds. I mean, they're they're not made through a a vocal cause. Rather, they push, they alternate the amount of pressure that comes out of their nostrils or their nostril, one nostril for the dolphins. So that's how they make sounds. So they are high-frequency communicators, which means that their sound does not travel very far in the marine environment. So what we would want to be would be those low-frequency communicators, which if you wanted to have a conversation with someone over a long distance, given that there was water for kilometres, then you'd want to be a low-frequency communicator, which these animals have the larynx and they're able to use. It's one of the best biologists I know. Joy Ruddenberg describes it as a bagpipes and, you know, alternate which bagpipe or which part of it that you can move the sound and they have the really low frequency like noises. So um, for humans, if how we would do it, I mean, there would be pros and cons of being a low frequency versus a high frequency communicator. You'd need water as the medium for the sound to travel. So why not? Why don't we just cut to the chase and just move to the ocean if this is going to be the thing? <laughs>
0: uh-huh yeah that's true water yeah. world yeah mm-hmm. i
3: think, I think we, we, are we are going to water world and yeah. we might ma- we must ma- ma- that's yeah. actually
0: yeah yeah like right why 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 are we still filling our skyscrapers with water we could just... see it would, just, it would take people though a while well the reason is because somebody somebody did that the, and then they were like made got rich on the real estate you know, it's like yeah, I built this system and then convinced everyone that, 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 that you just have to do that. It's just how it is.
3: Maybe we're actually ahead of the game here. Maybe we, are, maybe we have a future prediction because the world is going not a very good way according to the IPCC report. We're having sea level rising. Maybe we're just ahead of the game and we are being prepared for when the water does rise so much due to us as humans interrupting the natural processes uh, of the earth. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what which, which level your listener sits on, but the reality is scientifically wise, the water level is rising. It's not rising um, Rockefeller Center height wise, <laughs> like stories high. maybe, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> you know, mic <mind>
2: drop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Atlantis Mach two.
0: For sure, for sure. By the way, I just had an image of, of how amazing would it be if you could go to an opera and the opera was being performed by whales. That would be pretty cool. It
3: would be pretty solid. I have been to an underwater opera with a whale before. What? Oh. Ah. Yeah.
0: no, no you got to tell us that. That's it. Well, we're going to end with this. This is amazing. What is this event? Well,
3: in Tonga. So in Tonga in the South Pacific, beautiful location. I was in the water when a whale male, so the humpback whale males sing, and I was able to see him. So usually you just hear them, but I was able to see him singing. And so he was like, mm. And as he was, and it was like vibrating <laughs> through your body. And and he kept singing all the way till he got to the surface. So he was like, mm-hmm.
1: That's amazing.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. It was amazing. It's a big blast wow. <laughs> swing past you, coming to the air, coming to the surface, that's taking so cool. a breath. It was amazing.
0: Wow. If I hadn't already had a career, I would now be a marine bi- biologist. <laughs> or I, as George Costanzo I think something else yes. uh, right Seinfeld mm-hmm. do
3: we have a marine biologist mm-hmm. in that? <laughs> we love the Seinfeld circuit.
0: oh yeah I'll bet that's a heroic mm-hmm. heroic yeah, moment yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Gabby what does so having explored this topic now what does it uh, make you hope for make you fear or just make you grateful for what, what kinds of thoughts do you take away from this experience?
2: Well, I already think whales are, are pretty terrific. I once went whale watching as a kid and it was super cool. Um, and so I think it's always kind of interesting to think of how wild evolution is as a process to develop organisms in so many different ways. And so learning more about, you know, the specific adaptations that whales, another mammal like us, has to uh, existing Entirely underwater is just so cool. And um, I very much envy that you got to hear the songs, Vanessa, because I think that's so cool, one, and also, two, a little terrifying because I know that, like, if you take a whale song at point blank, it can, I think, kill you.
3: Maybe not the humpback um, whales, but the sperm whale like is very loud. Wow.
0: Interesting. <laughs> Amazing. Matt, how about you? Um, I don't know. I've got to say. Okay. How, are, how are you changed by today's episode? I, I kind of like
1: the idea of having um, an excuse for a conversational pause to breathe now and then. Um, because, you know, every every 10 minutes, you sort of just excuse me. Right? Conversation's not going well. Somebody's boring at a party. Like, I've just got to go breathe.
0: I like that. I've got to go dug my head and look.
1: Yeah. So I'm thinking <laughs> it might be worth, uh, it might be worth developing go visit adaptation. That Yeah. Just for that reason. Yeah. That's really,
0: I like that. Yeah. Um, Vanessa, how about you? Is, is this something you've, you have ever pondered? And, and, and would this, how, this, how would this change your way of thinking?
3: It would definitely make me, well, first of all, it makes me appreciative for the air that we breathe and how we do things now. But really, it would make me, I like the idea of taking pauses from conversations as well, especially if you're at work and something's really boring or, <laughs> you know, you're at a party or you're a young teenager, you're meeting a your partner and you're like, oh God, this guy's a bit of a douche a bit of air yeah a bit
2: of water rather so default
3: so yeah this is close to it really (laughs)
0: yeah uh yeah i it's interesting you're talking gabby you're talking about going whale watching and and that is something that's one of those experiences i would highly recommend if anyone. it's not easy for a lot of people i can imagine just don't have that opportunity or just aren't in you know don't go to places where that could happen Mm -hmm. i happen to do that um um used to go to cape cod Uh, Every summer. And um, they have amazing whale watching there. And there was one summer. It was uh, unbelievable feeding. Uh, For some reason, the area off Cape Cod had become just a huge gathering spot. And even the the, the, the guides, you know, the, the scientists who run, you know, they kind of do research out there and they also sometimes give these tours we um, were just completely blown away. I mean, they were 14, 15, 20. There were so many whales on the surface coming up and going down and under the boat and all around like that. And it was amazing. And I remember I had this feeling going back uh, home as the boat goes back out, back, sorry, back, and the sun is setting and the water where you, the part of the huge uh, open water where you were and you saw all the whales. I remember you could still see them there and the further, we, as we got further and further away, they were still there. And I remember, I just, I just thought I'd never really had before. I was like in my 20s or whatever. I was like, whoa, there's, we go home and they're still there. And just that little thing, like whenever I look at the ocean now, I don't see just, you know, water or whatever. I, I imagine like these, I don't know, the society of all these creatures living in it. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I have so much admiration for you, Vanessa, and for the work you do and your colleagues and what they do.
3: Thank you uh, to help
0: us yeah. and uh, amazing to have you. This is a good storyteller. I wish it's funny. We are audio only, which I do like, but I, I would people should also see you. And so, where can <laughs> people? Because um, your 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 yes, your enthusiasm is infectious, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but not the kind of infectious that Gabby would have to investigate. Yeah, that's right. People who don't live in Australia, where can they find
3: you? Well, I have I have a website which will lead you to all the other things that I do. So it's com. so V-A-N-E-S-S-A-P-I-R-O-T-T-A, and that will lead you to all my social medias, some on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. There's a YouTube channel of some of my interviews, so I speak about whales right around the world, and uh, hopefully you'll be inspired to learn more and and also learn more about our whale drone research, which collects collects whale snot.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, and I'll, I'll put all those links on our on the um, website, so you'll you go to whattheif.com, and get a little bit more about this episode, and, and uh, check out for Vanessa's thing. And I've seen like you do a number of news. You are on the news and things. Yeah, an yeah, that's or? right.
3: BBC World as well comes speaks to us when we have any big whale incidences. But um, yeah, the Australian Broadcasting C- C- Center or Service rather, um, ABC. We love them. They're great.
0: I love that. It's funny because I worked at ABC in New York, you know, the US ABC, and it's funny always and whenever I Google things, I, I I love finding accidentally the Australian Broadcasting. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful, thank you, uh, Gabby. Anything you would like to? Oh, well, Vanessa, anything coming up that you're doing you'd like to plug? Uh,
3: oh, um, no, but we're, we're definitely looking for more whale feeding off Australia. Last year we had supergroup pods, which are massive groups of whales feeding in one spot. So watch your space. Hopefully, we come out with more research to document that.
0: All right, cool. Oh, that'd be amazing, amazing. Woo, Gabby, how about you? What can? Oh, real quick, coronavirus check check uh, check in. Um, people are wearing masks. Like it's it, Do people who have been vaccinated have to wear masks? There's a scuttlebutt.
2: To be honest, at this point, I say just do it. I mean, it's kind of a, a courtesy thing again. I always have the thing of like, you know, you'll see signs that say like unvaccinated people wear a mask. And in my head, I always have the d- mental dilemma, half a second dilemma of like, well, I'm vaccinated. I don't want people <laughs> to think I'm unvaccinated. But it's... At this point, you kind of want to ease back into where we were maybe about six months ago. Wear a mask for the sake of, you know, politeness. If you haven't gotten vaccinated, please get vaccinated. The Delta variant has a much higher transmissibility than um, the original, you know, OG SARS-2. I think I talked about r naught on one of these, essentially the reproductive rate of the virus for OG SARS. I think it was somewhere between 2 and 4. Now, about eight mm. with a Delta variant. So, essentially, one sick person um, infects yeah. eight others. Wow. Um, and just try to be, you know, conscious. It's something where, unfortunately, uninfected people are a danger to people who are vaccinated. While you do have a much lower chance of getting it if you are vaccinated, there have been breakthrough infections uh, from people who have enough, from unvaccinated people who have a higher enough viral load, high enough amount of virus that they're breathing out. That they've infected fully vaccinated people, although the fully vaccinated people are usually fine and asymptomatic. Um, so it's worth it to get your your shot, um, unless you're you know expect to be allergic to it or something like that. Obvious exceptions, um, but get vaccinated if you can. Be cautious. There's still a plague on, and uh, we don't want it to get worse because uh, viruses are slippery little dudes, and they will mutate. And I don't want to have to get another vaccine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't want to have to get a completely yep. new vaccine because uh, that's going to be annoying.
0: That seems to be the main thing. Right? Even if you're vaccinated, you could still be carrying some some mm-hmm. amount of viruses. And anyway, the, the mutation with all over the world, every single person is like a, I don't know a chemistry set or something. You're you have a little uh, virus factory inside you, trying out all kinds of new variations, and just mm-hmm. one of those uh, could be really bad. Yeah. It
2: only needs to get one.
0: So thank you thank you for that update. Matt, um, anything you would you, would you uh, like no, to plug? Nothing over? exciting going on at the moment. Not for a couple of weeks anyway. When school
1: returns. That's right. And then things get exciting.
0: That's nice. Sometimes <laughs> nothing <laughs> exciting is the exciting thing that's happening. Sometimes, yeah. That's pretty great. That's pretty great. Thank you, Vanessa, for joining us from uh, all the way around the world, from up over. If we could be down under for a change, mm-hmm. why not, right? Because yeah. it's all... It's all relative.
1: It's yep, all relative.
0: Yeah. 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 It's wonderful. Thank you. So um sorry for pointing our feet, our the bottoms of our feet at your country. We don't mean any disrespect.
3: <laughs> we'll continue to look up to you. Thank you. Ah. Oh, <laughs> <Tush. laughs>
0: all right, everyone. Thank you um, for listening. Vanessa, I don't know if you remember our a ritual. Oh, I do. Gabby, would you tell us what is this uh, what's happening? Everyone should be warming up their um, their pipe. Take a deep breath of water. Stick your head in a mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
2: Know. And Turn in, down. The, yeah. in uh, awe and terror of all of the ifs that are coming at us From the deep blue and uh, from the air we can no longer breathe. We cannot help but to shout the name of the show.
0: See you next week, everybody.